Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. So I know uh, you'll notice my title up there. It's the cross. It's limited to freedom, and that almost kind of sounds like a oxymoron. I think that's the word. But uh, the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me about this. Am I echoing real bad? Jesus, there it is. So uh, just the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me on this concept for a little bit now and, and what it means to be in relationship with Jesus and that today is one of the greatest celebrations not only for who we, who we once were and we are no longer, but who we actually get to become. And I feel like sometimes we look at the cross and, I, and everything the cross is is power and beauty. It's, it's the total capacity of everything we could ever even long for, all contained in one moment of history where Jesus paid it all, like we've celebrated all night for so long. And, and, but what I, I've, I'm learning right now in, in my relationship with God is that sometimes the cross has become a, a greater monument to who I once was instead of a greater celebration of who I become. And it's a two it's like it's it's two part. The beauty of the cross is it is two part is that it takes the man I once was, he's dead, he's gone and he can never return unless I use God's power to go get him back up and I, I, I indulge in a life I was never called to live anyway. But the two part about the beauty of the cross was that I'm no longer who I once was, but then I didn't come into an identity that's even familiar with the one I had previously. It's actually taking on the identity of Christ. And sometimes I think we forget in the transition that we live out on the limitations of just I'm saved and I'm no longer as bad as I once was or I'm no longer as sinful as I once was. And we miss the celebration of what I actually become when he got on the cross. See, because I was depressed, I was oppressed, I, I, I was insecure, I was, uh, I was timid, I was fearful of a lot of things, I had no boldness in my life, I had sin in my life, I had addiction in my life, and I had a lot of things that created turmoil within my spirit. And when Jesus got on the cross, he actually didn't just go as just we throw out sin. Identify with your sin. Identify with the thing that tor- tormented you or torments you now. Become possessive of what he did because he wanted you to become possessive of what he did. And when you identify and you realize that God put on the cloak that you once were to get on the cross and become what you had indulged in and become, then you begin to realize that this is such a personal destiny I have with Christ and that I'm tied to that all of a sudden it becomes a reality that no longer it's a celebration of a memory but it's a it's a it's a monument in my life of the character of Christ and he sacrificed his own self that I could have a new identity which is his I love what Josh said and I've been on it for weeks he became a fatherless sinner so that I could become a fathered saint He became unidentifiable to the Father because of his sin. He became severed in connection so that I could be an eternal son. And like that rings in my heart daily when I, when I pray for the sick, when I minister to the law. Like I've got to understand that I'm ministering from the place that he actually took everything I was and climbed up there so that I could become everything he is. 
And there's a celebration when you get in a celebration in your heart of understanding what I am because of what he did. Like all of a sudden, there's no more shame, there's no more guilt, there's no more condemnation, there's no more fear of what I've been created to do. But all of a sudden, it's just a celebration because I'm no longer who I was cloaked in in good measures and good works. But all of a sudden, I'm just a brand new man in the identity of the one that was pure and holy from the beginning of the beginning. He was just perfect. He was just pure. He was just God himself. And he wrapped himself in flesh. And he dwelt among man to prove that this was never who you were created to be. Let me prove it to you. And then let me give you the ticket so you can live in it. He he showed us what it was like to be a son free from sin. And then he paid the price so we could be it. 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm, we're just going to dive into this from just a different angle today, tonight. And I just I, I want you to just kind of go on this journey with me. Uh, because I believe there's just some peace and some joy that God wants to deposit. I, I felt like today there was going to be an empowerment of peace. Like that's the word that's been ringing in my spirit today. Like there's going to be a supernatural peace you get tonight out of what God wants to talk about. And that it's actually going to empower you to be a peaceful person. Like mentally peaceful, settled, rested in your heart and in your mind, and just approaching things from a new perspective. But first Peter chapter two, verse twenty-one, and we're gonna go twenty-one through twenty-five. It says, For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example. Say example. example. Leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin. Nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judged righteously. And he himself bore our sins on his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds, you were healed. For you were continually straying like a sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we know you are in this room and you are depositing something in your children. God, let me be a mouthpiece for what you want to speak. Holy Spirit, that we will be children of the cross, children of freedom, children empowered by your blood sacrifice, your body that was torn was such a righteous and holy gift that we would never have to repay it, but just live in it. We could abandon what we once were to the beautiful identity of Christ. And I pray you release us into that freedom tonight. If there's a soul in this house that doesn't know that freedom, let their eyes be open tonight. God, but let us further see the gift that you would rather and love to give to us tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now I want you to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 29 through 30. And I'm going to read along on the screen with you guys. This is where the Holy Spirit has had me, and it's going to tie all together, I promise, by the time we're done. Uh, Verse 29, for whom he foreknew. Everybody say foreknew. He also predestined. Say predestined. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. To be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn. Everybody say firstborn. Now say it like you mean it. Firstborn. Among many brethren. What does that mean? 
If I'm the firstborn, he's the firstborn among many brethren. That means we're all going to have the same DNA and bloodline. He was just supposed to be the first. Moreover, whom he predestined. There's that word again. These he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. That word foreknew right there means that he thought of you before the foundations of the world. That means actually in the beginning when it says the spirit hovered over chaos. That when there was no form, there was it was just void. It literally describes it as chaos. And it says the spirit hovered over it. That in that time, God was thinking about you. That he foreknew you before there was actually a planet that you would live on. Before there was even matter and form, before the spirit was moving, there was a thought about who you would be. And he said he also predestined. I want us to really dive into this tonight. Predestined means to limit in advance. So before there was form in the earth, but while there was still chaos and the spirit hovered over, that he said he limited you in advance. He actually set some boundaries out in advance to who you were going to be when he spoke you into existence. So here's the beauty of the cross, that my identity outside of Christ was reamed out with turmoil, chaos, mentally broken, heart broken, and aching for an identity that would bring peace to my soul, to my spirit, that my spirit was dead and my soul was in constant mourning because of the sin that had pulled me into an identity identity that I was never created to live in and that all the while I had a creator that had knew me before the foundations of the world and he had actually set boundaries and that when I had come into sin I had went outside of those boundaries but the beauty of the cross that he took my identity and he got on the cross as my identity he actually got on the cross as a porn addict Make this really perfect. He got on the cross as a, a, a porn-addicted, immature, mourning child that I once was. No, he, he didn't just take the one that was a thief and a murderer. Like, he took it when I couldn't quit looking at those images and I was in chaos in my mind. Like, he took me when I was at my most broken point and he took that cloak off of me and he put it on and then they tied him to a post and began to beat him and whip him. And all the while, the only thought on his mind was, there's gonna be a Colby in 1992 and that he's he's not he he's going to know my boundaries but he's going to overstep them and I, he's going to put that on on one day and he's going to be so broken that I need to stay here a little bit longer because this thing is going to end in a journey on a cross but I'm thinking about a son that's going to be born in 92 and he's going to have issues with this this thing that's trying to steal his destiny and like I'm not just doing it for the ones that murdered I'm doing it for the one that's broken in the bedroom in pain because their husband is beating him. I'm going to do it for the girl that got pregnant in high school and is in turmoil of how it's going to turn out that she sinned and got outside the boundaries, but I'm doing it so that she would know I established her before I established the world so she'll know she's got true identity. There's something about when you become to identify with Christ that he put you on like a glove to get on the cross. 
He put on my sin that I chose to do, that we so nonchalantly chose to do at one time, and I get to the predestined. But this eradicates all the 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 mundane out of my life. This 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 thought eradicates uh, uh, being uh, normal and and just okay and not taking risks and living in fear. This eradicates my desire to be complacent because all of a sudden I realize he did something I couldn't do for myself. And he, and he took on that identity that I had built and struggled so hard to maintain. And then he was broken and he was beaten and he died so that I wouldn't have to live in it anymore. But predestined means to limit in advance. He foreknew all He designed all. All of humanity was designed with one thought in mind. To be replicas of the Son of God. And Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 he said, Let us make man in our image. The beauty about the Trinity is they're all God, but they're totally separate. It's the beauty of God. They are all one, but then totally different beings. They are all containing the exact same nature, exact same attributes, exact same things. They are God. They are fully God and fully themselves. They are beauty and majesty in all the forms that they operate. Jesus, the Son that died on the cross, the Father that is the Creator and spoke us into existence, and the Holy Spirit that is constantly revealing the Father. Father's will. He's God with us. But the beauty of it, he said in the beginning, he said, let us make man and in our image and in our likeness. Did you know image means I form you and I replicate you, but image means I give you my personality. Like I give you like how I operate, how I would talk to the lady at the cash treasure. I actually gave you my attributes and how I function as a husband and how I would function as a wife. My gosh, you're so precious. Man, I gave you my likeness. If I put on a suit as a man, I did. Let me show you my likeness. And then Jesus began to step it out. He said, not only am I going to show you the image you were replicated in, I'm going to show you the nature you were given from the very beginning. Predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. But here's the beauty of that predestined. It means to limit it in advance. So that actually means there are boundaries that allow me to live in the fullness of God. The majority of us never get to pursue the depths of those boundaries because we live on the boundary that is just enough to keep the fire. I'm not rejecting God, but I just don't need enough to spend my life trying to discover what it means to be a many of the brethren. But did you know that from the beginning of the world, you were given boundaries, that the only boundaries you were given was just to look like Jesus. And if you spend your life on the boundaries of just enough to get into heaven, you'll never discover the freedom of the boundaries of Jesus. Because this is where a lot of times the church begins to separate. I'm good with the cross and the sacrifice and the blood that was shed because I know my sin would take me to hell. But we disconnect when we understand that it's not just a monument to who I once was, but it's a celebration to who I become. Because if we disconnect after the death and after my sins are forgiven, then I'll forget why there was a God that was hovering over the earth and saying, I thought of you before I formed it. 
And then I gave you boundaries because I wanted you to be like my son. If we stop at just the sin forgiven, we'll forget that we were designed with one image in mind, and it's the son. But the beauty of boundaries is that when there's boundaries with Jesus, I'm just in pursuit to look like him. I don't live on the exterior trying to get into heaven and understanding. That's why boundaries to us, a lot of times, it tastes like uh, heartburn. When you talk about boundaries, not a lot of people like boundaries. I'm good until I actually have to fully commit. Like, But see, boundaries are actually the thing destroying us because we're not living to the true boundaries. Boundaries destroy you when you get the taste of what you're truly created to be, but you live on the boundary of, I'm just barely making it into my identity. I'm just barely going to make it into heaven. I'm just barely doing enough to keep the fire alive. It's just about gone, but every once in a while I'll throw a flake of wood on there. I'll attend a Sunday morning or I'll, I'll pray just here and there. And all of a sudden, boundaries are the very thing destroying us because we don't understand the true boundaries were the boundaries of Jesus. Y'all staying with me? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 through 21. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. The whole scripture is telling about how he was going to make the sacrifice for you. But it doesn't stop with, he paid a price for you. It stops with, now you become the righteousness that he was and walked out on the planet. Like, that's the beauty of the cross is that it's, it, I've been so stuck on the power of love. That love is just not timid, but it's, it's divine power in that in and of itself. He conquered darkness, but then released his own power in proximity to God, to his children, to his brethren. Like his divine power, he operated in and raised the dead and spoke things into existence. The very thing that he spoke with, the power he created with in the beginning, it said everything was created through him and for him and by him. Everything that was created was by him. And then he said, I made you in my image. And then I walked out so you would know your likeness. And then when I got on the cross, it was only to destroy your old man, but it was a reflection of who you would become. I'm so thankful for my sin gone, but now I celebrate the man that was on the cross that was not me. Are y'all with me? I'm thankful he became me and got on the cross, but then after I am purged from my sin by his sacrifice, then I celebrate who he was, not me. So now I get a new identity. And I get these limitations I always think of the Little Caesars commercial where the guy's in there and, the, and he wants a pizza. And he's like, there's no rules. And he goes to take his shirt off. And he's like, there's one rule. He puts his shirt. You just had to be there. But I'm talking about the limit to freedom because I'm talking about the boundaries of God. Because these boundaries are beautiful and cause you to prosper. They don't squeeze something out of you that you were never created to be. They don't harness you in to be a timid frail human being they release you into divine freedom so that you could truly know why you were even spoken into existence there's beauty and freedom in knowing that I'm no longer a sinner but there's an even greater beauty in realizing why I was created 
Some of you right now are looking at me funny, but you gotta understand, yes, you were a sinner and you're saved by grace, which is the sacrifice of Jesus, but the beauty is I get to become the one that got on the cross. That's not heresy. That's like what he spoke in the Bible, like you are resurrected in Christ Jesus. Just let's just spend a little more time here. Galatians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law becoming a curse. I don't know about y'all, but when I read that, I, like, I got geeked up. I was cursed. I was shameful. I was addicted. I was broken. He became brokenness so that I would never have to continue in brokenness. He became shame so I wouldn't have to live in shame. He became guilt and condemnation so I wouldn't have to be in guilt and condemnation. I don't know about y'all, but that makes my heart celebrate. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Everybody say, I'm a Gentile. So that we might receive the promised spirit through the faith. He was speaking into who we would become through his sacrifice. Limited to freedom. So I want everybody to stand with me. This was going to be the shortest message I've ever preached. Huh? She's still... Will you pray for, play for me for just a second? You'll pray for me? So I knew coming into this, this would be one of like the shortest messages I've ever done. Because this is not something I'm going to beat into you. This is something you're going to receive through prayer to the Father. And it's that you understand what boundaries mean. The only boundaries you have is to be just like Christ. So that when the Spirit leads you away from temptation, you're no longer thinking you're being pulled away from what is your best, but you're being pulled into the boundaries that will release you into the divine power of Jesus Christ. I'm obsessed with the fact that I have a pure and holy brethren that came and died as all of my sin. But the whole time he walked on the planet, he said, I'm showing you who I created you to be. And that just as quickly as he died on the cross and washed every one of my sins away, he revealed my true identity and who I was created to live in. Limits and boundaries are becoming an anthem of worship in my life because I understand they're keeping me in a position that I constantly reflect the glory of Jesus. I don't have to uh, waver with every individual moment. I don't have to, oh, all of a sudden I hear the Holy Spirit speaking at the register, so I need to go repent because I've been living in sin and acting outside of the boundaries of God. All of a sudden I understand the boundaries are keeping me in this position where I can be what the cashier needs like I need to be ready I need I need to be vigilant I need to be prepared and in these boundaries and I need to understand that these things are beauty that the things outside are just a false manifestation of the true hope of glory we have in Christ he will mimic he will imitate anything he can from the kingdom to try to get you to step outside the boundaries but I believe with like young men beginning to rise up in this body and that we're beginning to see that are not taking the gospel for a fake facade for me to fit into a country club but all of a sudden I'm becoming the identity of Christ like all of a sudden something's happening and something's shifting that we're going to be powerful men and women because we live by boundaries 
I, I don't need to go outside these things because the hope of glory is here. The hope of glory is within these confines. The hope of glory released me into true freedom. I'm not contained, I'm released. But I'm gonna tell you, when you start operating in power, Satan will begin to tempt you with things that look like kingdom realities. You know what sexual sin is? It's an impure thought. And a tr- it's a, an attempt of Satan to pull you into a false pleasure that you will never fully reach the bottom of. But in Christ, you find pleasure in the peace that I'm living in boundaries that contain me to my predestined identity. So the very thing that Satan would try to get you to hunger for will just take you farther outside of the very thing that was spoken into existence by God. My soul is beginning to bubble up with this desire that I can actually be like the one who got on the cross. Like I'm not timid anymore, but I'm living with a boldness because I am who he was. He became who I was so I could become who he is. Like I'm lost in that thought that I'm going to live in these boundaries because I'm not being constrained. I'm being released into the greatest freedom humanity's ever known. And I am the source of power that my father spoke into existence from the beginning of the time in his beautiful son that paid the price for my sin so that I could be a brother among many because he was the first. Let's pray because there's going to be a release. This peace I'm talking about is power. It's not peace like you think that all the stuff's going to get quiet. It's divine peace in your mental facility that says your mind, body, and soul, your, your spirit is fully alive and your mind begins to submit to the one you have submitted the boundaries to. Our minds live in chaos because Jesus spoke who we were created to be and we tamper outside the lines so our minds can never come into peace so that we can exalt the Father in heaven. Man, this peace is power. This peace is supernatural. This peace begins to reign in your heart so that you're not in confusion when the woman in the wheelchair rolls up. You're not in confusion when Satan begins to bark at you of your past existence. You are not confused about who you truly are. But I'm telling you, there's peace in the boundaries of God. And now all of a sudden, these boundaries are going to look like a road map and not like a cage. So let's pray. I want you to put your hands out in front of you. And I'm just going to give you something that God gave me. And it's peace in my heart. And it's a stillness to come into the identity of who I've truly been created to be. And it's only by the grace of Yahweh. It's only by the grace of Yeshua that He would get on that cross. But there is some mighty men and women raising up out of this generation and out of this body that say, I will live within the boundaries of the limited only to freedom. It's a limitation to divine and real freedom. 
And we're going to live such a consecrated life because of what he paid for. We're going to live for purity. We're going to live for holiness. We're going to live that we may honor the sacrifice of Jesus. And because of it, sickness will be eradicated. Sin will be broken. Darkness will be destroyed. So, Father, right now, give them what you're speaking into this atmosphere. I release peace into this house. Now I want you to begin to submit in your own heart to the limitations of Jesus Christ. I just want you to begin to ask him, Father, if I begin to step out of boundaries, show me the boundaries. Show me the limits. God, not your will, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus. I just heard the Spirit say somebody's going to leave this house and understand the Scripture, be holy for I am holy, is actually going to become a target and not a far-fetched dream. It's going to become a target that you begin to pursue with a fervent heart. Holiness is going to be your greatest desire, so sin will be uh, uh, something you begin to laugh at that it would ever pull you out of your God-given destiny. Come on, just a few seconds. Just stay right there. Say, God, reveal to me the boundaries I've left. And God, forgive me as I begin to enter back into my true identity. You've been foreknown. You've been thought of before the foundations of the world. Before he created this earth for you to walk on, he was thinking about this moment with you. And he said, I'm going to limit you in advance. I'm going to limit you to one thing. You're going to be just like my son. Now, Father, I thank you for what you've done in this house tonight. And I thank you for what you've been shifting for weeks on end. That we are going to be a people that 365 days out of the year we live with the cross in mind. That it's not going to be a three-day event. It's going to be a lifestyle of purity and holiness. That we are not mocked by Satan any longer to step out of the boundaries of Jesus Christ. But we're men and women that live to be holy. That live to be pure. And don't live to push the boundaries of, 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 of sin and recklessness but we push the boundaries of a reality in Jesus Christ we live like we've got a destiny on our life we live like there's a champion behind us challenging us to be all he created us to be we're going to live with a conviction for purity and holiness again I feel a shift I feel a shift Papa, I, re- I, I release the gift of peace in this house because somebody's going to leave here not no longer tampering that my fire may be put out, but that I will live to fan the flame of purity and holiness. In Jesus' holy name we pray. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Just stay standing for just a second. You need healing in your body. Anything anything from head to toe, I want you to raise your hand. You don't have to even say what it is. See this guy here? See one here? Get around him right now. You see him? Get your hand up really high. Get your hand up really high. I'm not going to lay hands on him because it's not a man that is the entity of healing. It's the God that is the entity of healing. So get around somebody that's got a hand up. My God, he's going to shift it right here. He's going to shift it right here. He's going to shift it right here. You're going to leave 
this way different than the way you came. Begin to pray for them right now. Begin to declare healing right now. We thank you, Father, that backs are being renewed right now in Jesus' name. Kidneys are being restored. As you're wrapping up praying, I want you to just take five seconds where you are and begin to thank Jesus for what he's doing in this body. Papa, we thank you. We thank you. I've been feeling in my spirit for weeks that we would be a city on a hill, that we're not going to be the ones putting the baskets over ourselves anymore by what we try to tamper in and what we try to live in. We're going to be so dedicated to the purity of God that we will be a city on a hill. We will be a city on a hill and we will shine with the brightness of the holiness of God and we will show that our Christ is the one true living God and He's paid it all for all sin and all sickness and we will be the literal entities of it. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Thank you, Pastor, for coming. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.